1: One of the
2: things that pastors hear a lot is this, I'm not sure I'm really going to heaven. I'm not sure. Do you know that there is no world religion that can give you the assurance of what's going to happen to you after you die, except for Christianity? Two places, heaven with God, hell separated from God. And you can know before you die where you're going. That gives you an amazing freedom to live your life here. I never worry
0: about where I'm going. Obedience. Just the word may make you shudder. But God asks us to obey because He loves us. He doesn't want second best for us. He only wants the absolute best for us. And that comes when we obey Him. When we grow in obedience, we grow in our love and fellowship with Him. We've learned that sin will destroy our fellowship with God, but obedience and time spent in His Word deepens our relationship with Him and enables us to receive His love more deeply. Pastor Mark will ask us to consider how much time are we spending with God in His Word and in prayer. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Psalms, chapter 119, verse 32. With our continuing study entitled, Obedience Proves We Know God.
1: Lord, let us hear your for
0: Maybe one of my
2: top 10 verses, my top 10 in the Old Testament, other than the top 10, 10 commandments, Psalm 119, Look at this. I run in the path of your commands. For you have set my heart free. Every command from God is an expression of His love for us. God wants only good for His children. God wants only good for you. God's commandments, obeying them is good for you. He wants, He's not against you. He's for you. That's why He gives these commands. They're good for me. Let me ask you this morning, when we understand that obedience brings freedom, then we'll really enjoy life. So let me ask you, when you read the commands of God, do you take them like this? Oh, no. Or do you take them like this? Okay. God loves me and God gave me commands that are good for me. I'll do it. Or can you say, I run in the path of his commands? See, it's not actually running. You'll be weird. Don't do that. People say, what do you do? Oh, I'm running in the commands of God. <laughs> you tell me go to First Baptist or Presbyterian Church, not here. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But it's an attitude of what? The heart. It's an attitude of the heart. I want you to turn to James chapter 1. Powerful Small passage on application. James chapter 1. Go down to verse 22 at all of our campuses. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently Into the, notice, perfect law, the word that gives freedom. And continues to do this, sticky application, not forgetting what he's heard, but doing it, but obeying it. Notice the last sentence. He will be blessed in what he does. See, applying the commandments of God and doing them with the right heart, out of love, is the thing that gives us the thing called the blessed life. It's good for us. It's not difficult to obey God. He is word. He gives us the strength and the power to do it. Now, I want to tell you a true story this morning. I was listening to a a teacher, and I know the church uh, that the man pastors is a great church, but more than 20,000 people, Bible-believing church. And he had been teaching... One of the weeks on giving to God, uh, your time, your talents, your abilities. And he stopped on the tithing one week and talked about tithing, that God commands us. In the New Testament, and the Old Testament, basically to give 10% off the top. Those of you who don't want to argue with that, then fine, just give 100%, as Paul says in Romans. Paul says in Romans, just give your body, total sacrifice to God. So that's just a starting point It's not legalistic If it is as we've all told you many times in this church Don't give a dime He's not interested in your money You're going to give cheerfully As the Lord directs you Anyway he'd done that And there was a single mom Trying to make life with her kids And the next week she came back And God had spoken to her during the week And God says you need to trust me So she decided she would trust God And she would write the check Well she prayed Decided to obey it was a choice She made a thousand dollars or so every two weeks So she's gonna write her check every two weeks and she wrote a check she getting ready to write Put the church name and was writing and getting ready to write in a hundred dollars And she heard god say to her I want you to make the check for 120 Now if you're the single mom, what are you saying to god? Say what? Look, I'm already on the bridge. There's nothing under me. I'm stepping out in faith. 120. Aren't you ever satisfied with it? What what would you be saying to God? No, I'm only going to give 120. Now, some of you already have a problem with the story. Because I said this. She heard God speak to her. If you think that's weird, then you know nothing of the Bible. John 10, Jesus says this: My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. Is the best mark? I never hear God's voice. Take time and listen. Oh, He's speaking. By the way, He's been speaking for almost 45 minutes. <laughs> Where? Here. Through me. I'm just the voice of God. I'm the messenger. So she wrote the check for 120 bucks, put in the offering plate. True story, 100 percent true. She's walking out of the building, to the back. And uh, she's headed to her car, picked up her kid. A man that she never met before stops her outside the sanctuary, and he said, "God told me to give you this." And she's thinking, so she began talking to him. He had something in her hand, in his hand, and she didn't know, so she began to say, I don't know you, who are you, you don't know me. He says this, "Um, I always carry a $100 bill or two of them in my pocket. And often at the end of a service, because he had that gift of generosity or whatever, he, he said, God will speak to him who to give it to. And he said this morning, as you walked out, God says, give that woman your $100. And he said, but something was very strange because God said, you give the hundred out of his pocket. He took the hundred and God said, no, no, wait a minute. Out of your wallet, I want you to add a $20 bill to it. There's a true story. So he's going, huh? So he gives it to her and she opens it up and what does she find? $120. Obeying God is good for you. You say, Pastor Mark, you just said that to motivate us. (laughs) You're exactly right. (laughs) Not to give money, but to listen and obey God. Do you know in the United States, about 4% of Christians tithe? In that church, 75%. That's unheard of. You guys do good, but plenty of you, God just spoke to you. Give, and it will be given to you. Serving, talents, time, money. Learn, listen, step out. True story. Now, in case you're wondering, which door that man will be at this morning. (laughs) This was in another state. I'm sorry. I want you to write this down. Number four, we obey... Because obedience is good for others. See, when she obeyed, that's your story? God honored it for her. It was immediately good for her. The above story was good for the man who heard God speak. He and generously obeyed. You see, when we obey God, you think that man felt good when she said to him, you won't believe this. But I was writing a check for a 100 and God said I had to put another 20 in it. Do you think he went, oh, cool, have a nice day? He's going. What is the greatest thing of this story? It's this. Listen to me. It's been able to hear God speak. When you and I hear God speak, there's nothing greater. Because he never lies. Now remember, you hear God speak and you, you say, well, God told me to marry this person. They're not a Christian, but they were going to become a Christian. You'll never find that in there. See, we only obey what the Word of God says. This is what we filter every thought through. This is truth. That's why my wife corrects me quite often. (laughs) Told you. Now think about this. Why do you say, Pastor Mark, it's good for others? Thousands of people have heard this story. 10,000 of you this morning have heard it. Was it good for you? It was good for you. We got to see that we have a personal God. See, knowing about God in your head and following him in your heart is a whole different thing. It's good for us. Others know the benefit. It's challenged us this morning simply to obey God. Serving, parking lot, ministries, small groups. Get yourself into a community group. Get sticky. Give. Start tithing. Do whatever God says to do. It's challenged all of us. I want you to turn to Psalm 78. When we say giving to God is good for others, the others includes... For those of you that are parents, single parents, parents, grandparents, it includes our children and our grandchildren. Psalm 78. All my people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter hidden things, things from of old. What we have heard and known, what our fathers have told us. We will not hide all these things that God had done for Israel from their children. We will tell, watch this, the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. He decreed statues for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our forefathers to teach their children. Why? So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they would in turn tell their children. What would they tell their children? Look at verse 7. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds but would keep his commands. You parents have an amazing privilege and a responsibility to teach your kids about the wisdom of putting God first in every area of your life. This psalm was written to remind Israel of the failures of the relatives who did not obey God and suffered greatly because of it. Captivity, all the other things that we know about. The writer challenges, especially parents, to teach their children by reading the scripture to them By modeling their lifestyle, which is even more important. And as you teach your children, remind them what God has done for you in the past. See, that's family. Remind them of that. Remind your children that God has an amazing plan for their life. That he didn't put those children in your home by accident. They're there for you. Assure them that they'll find purpose and meaning in their life. Parents, grandparents, this is for our children. This is for our grandchildren. We teach them the word. If you never bring your Bible, if you never open your Bible, how are you going to teach your children the word of God? They will grow up in the same way as the Israelites. Why do we teach when our kids are back there at all of our campuses? Why is the children's ministry the number one priority we have? Because that's the next generation. So many of our children come. Their parents don't come. They've never heard the Bible. Why is the Bible taught in all of our kids' areas? Because they need to know the Word of God. You know what happens when they know the Word of God? Guess what? And parents start coming. When those kids go home and somebody's fed them and cared them and taught them a little song that they sing, parents come that know nothing about God. But guys, you're here. You know about God. Teach your children. Model for them. Why do you obey God? Well, because we have to go to church today. They will carry that on. You go to church because you love God. And he's been good to you. I don't know where I came up with this, but... I want you to write it this morning. I have it in the front of my Bible. I encourage you to write it in the front of your Bible. Three little simple things. Three ways to be blessed by God. I don't know where I got it. I don't know why I put it together. Or I saw somebody do it. Probably I saw somebody do it. Do what he says. Just simply do what he says. Some well, Pastor Mike, I want to have God explain to me why I should do it. Just do what he says. You don't have to understand can you imagine when they took Jericho, you know, march around the, uh, the, the wall seven times? Sure, okay. On the seventh day, march around it seven more. And then get the glass out and break the glass and the walls will come down. You're right. And what happened? The walls came down. Just do what he says. Number two, do it how he says. Do it how he says. The exact way he said And number three, do it when, he says. In the story of the young single mom who gave 120 and the man who reached in his pocket and gave 120 back, they did all three of those things. As you're here this morning, God's speaking to you. Lots of different things. About your children. About bringing a Bible. About having a devotional. About checking your motive as to why you obey God? Simply do what he says, how he says it, and when. The timing is very important. Well, I'll put it off. No, no, no. The timing is very important. You want to do it when he says. Now, later on in the book of John, John writes this amazing statement. Look at it. First John 5.13. These are one of the five main purposes John writes the book of 1st John. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. John was writing to tell the church people you can have assurance and confidence that you are a Christian. We already learned that today and that you will live in heaven forever. One of the things that pastors hear a lot is this. I'm not sure I'm really going to heaven. I'm not sure. Do you know that there is no world religion that can give you the assurance of what's going to happen to you after you die? Except for Christianity. Two places. Heaven with God. Hell separated from God. And you can know before you die where you're going. That gives you an amazing freedom To live your life here. I never worry about where I'm going. John 15. Abide in me and I'll abide in you. You don't have to worry. You can know. I want to ask you a question this morning. Do you know. In all of our campuses. When you die. Do you know for sure you have eternal life. That you are going to spend. Eternity. In heaven. Some of you do not. You're hoping, you're thinking about it, you're debating it. But now as I begin to talk today, you might have even walked down to an altar here, Billy Graham crusade, wherever, but it never took, it never changed and transformed your life. You kind of went back and you're just living like you and once in a while you drop by church. Well, no, from Mark chapter 4, that whole parable, three out of the four never really became believers. It isn't that you lost something, you never really connected with God. In a moment, as I finish, I want you to leave this building knowing. In Melbourne, in Vieira, Sebastian, the work camp, you watching online. I want you to know that when you die, however, you can know that God's forgiven you. And you will go to heaven. There is nothing more important to know than that. I know that I know that I know that I know. You can't earn it. You can't be good enough. You can't be bad enough. You can't be too old. You can't be too young if you understand. But you have to obey. It's a choice. In a moment, I'm going to ask every Christian to bow their heads. And begin praying at all of our campuses. I don't want anybody moving. In the commons of the cafeteria I don't want you moving. And if you're here and you say, Pastor Mark, I'd like to have forgiveness of my sins. I'd like to know before I leave this building today that I'm going to heaven. What I'm going to do is ask you to quietly stand while everybody's praying. You just stand wherever you're at, all over in the balcony the commons and other campuses. And I'm going to pray a prayer with you. And I'm include these four things. You're going to pray a prayer quietly. Nobody else will know. You're praying under your breath that you admit you're a sinner. That you admit Jesus Christ died on the cross for you, for your sins. He died for the sins of the whole world. He died for yours. Number three, you're going to ask him to forgive you. And repentance simply means to turn around and walk the other lifestyle. So then you're going to ask God to come into your life and you receive it. It's a gift. You can't earn it. You didn't get it by coming to this church. It has nothing to do with this church. There is no membership in this church. And you just receive the gift. And if you'll do that in an instant, I don't understand it, it just works. In an instant, your life will be changed. And then we'll help you, encourage you to get to a church somewhere, wherever you're from. Get to a church that teaches the Bible. Get into the Bible. Start becoming what we say here, the follower of Christ. Learn to become like Him. It's not just an event. Well, I got my fire insurance. No, you've tried that. That doesn't work. John just said today, you don't even know God. Now, I'm not going to be long at this because God's already spoken to you. By the way, if you hear God speak to you, you should just say amen immediately right now because there's nothing better. Now, why would God speak to you to stand? Because he loves you. He created you to spend eternity with him. Hello. But obedience is always a choice. Choose you this day who you'll serve. You want to serve Satan? You want to serve God. You say, well, no, I'm serving self. No, self is Satan. He, there's only two purposes. Serving God or serving Satan. You don't want to serve Satan any longer. It's time for you to change. Don't worry about anybody else. Don't worry about who's thinking about you. Uh, my boyfriend's going to look. And my, my husband wants... No, you say, you're you not going to stand before God as a couple. You're going to stand before God as an individual who made a choice. Jesus said this in the Bible. It's very simple. Watch this. It's very clear. You're for me. Or you're against me. You're for me, or you're against me.
0: Pastor Mark exhorted us to tell our children about God by reading Scripture to them and modeling our lives after how Jesus lived His. This is the greatest gift that we can give to our children and their descendants after them. When they learn the Word of God, it spreads out into our communities. They watch what we do and will see God through our actions and understand His love by the way we love them and others. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the Radio Program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, we will learn about walking and following Jesus. Not physically walking and following Him, but following His example that He showed us in the Bible. When we follow His example and imitate His example, we show others that we love Him and they will see Him through us. It also deepens our spiritual relationship with God. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right.
1: Our eyes have seen and I have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear Your Lessons for Living Lord, let us hear Your Lessons for Living